Welcome to Gospel Matters, where the gospel interacts with everyday life. Well, welcome. We're back for another edition here of Gospel Matters, and it's great to be back in the studio with Casey. How are you doing today, Casey? Doing great, Brent. Really excited to talk about spiritual young adults today in our discipleship series uh, based on Real Life Discipleship by Jim Putman. Uh, it's a great resource, great book, and I uh, hope it's been encouraging for you to think through the different stages of discipleship. So, Brent, you were sharing with me a little bit about uh, your your human uh, development uh, studies and your minor of psychology back in your undergraduate before you went to the dark side and became a lawyer. So, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I thought you were sharing something really interesting, talking about the way perspective changes as a human being develops. And um, I think it'd be really good for you to just give that synopsis and overview as we launch into today's discussion. No, absolutely. It's you know, of course, over the past. Couple Couple of weeks we've been walking through these different stages of development and we've seen kind of what it's like to have a person who's a newborn Christian, a spiritual infant, grows up into spiritual childhood. And of course, today we're going to be talking about spiritual young adult life and, and then spiritual parenthood next week. And as we kind of walk through this thing, it reminds me of, of my days back in college when I was pursuing my minor in, in psychology. And I loved some of those early childhood development classes where we would learn about, you know, just the perspective that an infant brings to the world and and how limited it is, how small it is. So as an example, you know, you have an infant and the only thing that they know, the only thing that their universe includes is what they can see, feel, touch, taste, and smell. And it's so uh, profound that you get to this point where, you know, if you, even if you have an infant who's in a high chair and you put their bottle on the high chair and then they knock it off and it's on the ground, that bottle no longer exists to them anymore. If they can't see it, if it's not immediately in their senses, they don't even know that it's there. And as they grow older, they slowly become more aware of the world around them. So, you know, as you become a child, you start to become aware of your neighborhood, mm. of where your friends live in different areas. Maybe you start to recognize certain streets and you begin to see a little bit more how big the world is. But even then, it's just contained in this little, you know, corner of the world that you live in. And you're at the center of it. And you're at the center of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you grow into, you know, young adulthood, you maybe take a trip around the world and you begin to see and experience new cultures, different uh, things. Now it's watching. TV, you probably get a, that that experience maybe a little bit earlier, uh, but then in, and as you grow into adulthood, the hope is that you begin becoming more and more aware of the people around you and all the different perspectives that there are out there and the vastness of the universe that you're just a small part of. And so you see this progression of the world is all about what I can see, taste, taste and touch. It's all about me and, and the things that I experience to this growing awareness that there's a lot more out there than just me, mm -hmm. just my perspective. And I think that's mirrored in exactly what we see here you know, in this material, that newborn Christians, it's all about them. I mean, it's all about what God has done for them. And there's, there's something true about that. I mean, uh, God has done something amazing for them. But as you grow in spiritual maturity over the course of many years, uh, you begin to become well aware of how big this thing is that God is doing, the mission that he's involved with, the other people that he wants to reach. And I think that's the kind of thing that you kind of see in this model that we're talking about, where you have a spiritual infant where it's all about them. You have a spiritual child where it's still all about them. Yeah. And then I think we're now today going to get
get into that first phase where people start having an awakening, where they mm-hmm. start saying that it's not about them, it's about what God wants to use them for to breach other people. And I think that's the exciting thing about a spiritual adult, that young adult that we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. No, that's, that's great feedback just to help think through developmentally. And, and I think it's so easy to get stuck in um, a process of viewing discipleship as, as modulistic. Yes. Here's a module that we're going to do for discipleship, and then therefore that person at the end of that module will be mature. But it's really uh, much more organic, like yeah. human development, yeah. as opposed to just this idea that we've got to learn certain facts and then we're there. Because there are plenty of people who know a whole bunch of facts about the faith that are still very childish in their development and their behavior and application of it. No doubt. No doubt. It's a perspective shift more so than it is a knowledge shift. Uh, and it really, those two can go hand in hand, but you've got to have that change in perspective perspective about what the world is all about. It's not all about you. It's about the mission and the purposes of God in this world. And I think once you begin to realize that more and more and more, you start changing quite a bit. You start maturing quite a bit. So let's talk about spiritual young adults. Uh, Tell us, what is the, what does it mean? What What does Jim Putman say about spiritual young adults? What are some of their attributes and characteristics? You know, the spiritual young adult, their, their language uh, begins to be more God-centered and other-centered. Their, their behaviors are more selfless. They uh, are characterized by a God-centeredness, other-centeredness, and a desire to serve um, just out of, uh, in response to who God is, right? And so a lot of times spiritual children would think about the gospel as it means, what it means to them, what Jesus means to them. And, and a spiritual young adult begins to start thinking about who God is and what he can mean to others. How can the gospel impact those around me? How can my gifts, the way that I've been wired by God and redeemed by God, be useful to build God's kingdom as opposed to supplementing my kingdom? And so that's just the general thing. And so it's at this point in a a Christian's development that they begin to have a a different type of desire. Their desire for God is more unique. When they want to know more about God, it's not just so that they can be right, but that they can really be useful in the kingdom. And, and they had this desire to uh, really um, try different areas of ministry, to serve where they're needed, to see people come to faith. And so it's an exciting time um, in the development of a Christian. And unfortunately, as we've mentioned before, many Christians stuck get stuck at the spiritual child stage. Yeah. But for those, by God's grace, who mature and grow and are connected in a community that encourages them towards this, it's a very exciting time in the life of a believer. Now, you have had uh, much experience with actual young adults. You, you used to do, yeah. and you still do on occasion, uh, speak at youth rallies and youth events. Uh, when, when, you know, uh, kids are becoming young adults. That's they're right. They're in that process. In your experience, what have you found is the most helpful thing to kind of get them to that next level where they begin moving from childhood, early adolescence to, to adulthood? What, what do you think are some of the best tools and te- techniques to get kids into that, um, that zone? You know, I saw a lot of student ministries where it was, it was pretty much like older kids leading kids. You know, even the youth ministers or their leadership was like spiritual children as well. They mm-hmm. just were older, right? And they could vote and drive and get married. Um, but the ones that really had spiritual parents at the helm or even people who were maturing, they would identify strengths and gifts in the children, spiritual children in their youth group, and then begin plugging them in with opportunities to serve. And so they didn't even always wait for that person to say, man, I really want to serve. They went to that person and said, hey, I could use some help here. Can you come help me out, right? The spiritual child serves until it's no longer fun or beneficial, but they give them this opportunity. They invest in them 
they give them this vision beyond themselves. They communicate uh, consistently the truths of the gospel. And, and so as they become young adults, they start giving them more and more uh, responsibility, leadership, and ownership in ministry. One of the things that my wife Stephanie and I did back when we were youth in youth ministry years ago is our goal was by the time our juniors and seniors in high school were in our youth group that they would be able to help co-lead a junior high Bible study or middle school Bible study. So that they were learning how to disciple uh, younger kids. And was it perfect? No. If I knew then what I knew now, it'd probably be much more solid. <laughs> right. um, but overall, that theory has always been ours that the sooner you can help people see that the gospel is not just about them, but about God and about others, the more they'll mature and grow there. Another thing is um, just not talk, you know, a lot of people just tolerate childish behavior. Um, but the student ministries I've seen really grow up have this emphasis on, hey, you're not going to be a kid forever. We definitely want to have fun, but there are times to be serious uh, about the things that really matter, especially Jesus. And so that was a huge impact I saw on, on really strong ministries as well and helping kids become young adults. So now that was is certainly, those are some great tips for young adults who are chronologically young adults. Do you think that translates well when we see uh, maybe a, a they don't have to be, as we're talking here, you can be a spiritual child at age 70. That's right. And do you think that model of providing opportunities and uh, um, uh, encouraging people to take their faith seriously, do you think that translates well to helping spiritual children become spiritual young adults? So I'm going to wait and let the podcast listener stew in tension, wondering <laughs> what I'm going to answer. But Pastor Brent, absolutely. Uh, that works. I've seen it happen with businessmen, even retired businessmen that you go to and, and you say, hey, we'd love to have your input on this project we're working on because we know you're really great at processes or finances or whatever. But the leader who's bringing them in never loses the discipleship opportunity right. to lead in prayer and to ask a question, what do you sense God is doing? Um, how do you think God is leading us? And they may even come back and say, I don't really know. And that leads to conversations like, well, have you have you ever really learned how to pray or say the Bible? Well, no, I'd love to talk with you about that. Uh, and maybe you can help me uh, by learning how to read these finances better or something, right? This kind of appeal to kindness that we see Jesus do in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, right? He asked her for a favor first, but then used that opportunity to speak into her life. And so I think leaders um, who are multiplying spiritual parents see these opportunities to help people no matter what age they're at. And that's what's beautiful about um, this this book is it helps give you an idea how to identify where people are spiritually so that you can then, and then what, to, what they need to mature and grow. And I think for a lot of people, helping them have get connected to a small group, connect with God, uh, connect them with a purpose beyond just themselves will free them from that self-centeredness into um, growing and becoming a, a young adult. And, and for young adults, they need to be liberated to not only be trained in ministry, but to have some experience in doing it. Because if you recall, Brent, um, when Jesus was walking with his disciples, there were occasions where he would send them out in pairs to go yes. out and do ministry, and they would come back and debrief and get some coaching. At that stage, I would argue, by and large, the disciples would be equivalent uh, to spiritual young adults and having some experience. And then after Pentecost, would then mature into spiritual parenthood, which we'll talk about next episode. Um, but but I, I would think that regardless of the person's age, spiritually, they our goal is, is followers of Jesus because Jesus meets us where we are and refuses to leave us there. That as followers of Jesus, we need to meet people where they are. And as we mature into spiritual parenthood, meet people where they are and refuse to leave them there as well. Now, we've talked about some of the positive sides of spiritual young adulthood. They, yeah. they, it's this growing awareness of other people and, and, and uh, the mission. Uh, what are some of the pitfalls 
of spiritual young adult? And what are some things that maybe spiritual young adults need to look out for, some behaviors that they need to try to avoid? I think some uh, ditches you might be able to fall in as a spiritual young adult is overcommitting. Um, you're well-intended. You're able to help. You want to help. But when that desire comes and it really is outward-focused, um, it's easy to fall into uh, one of two things. Either discouragement because serving people, it's messy and it takes time. Um, or a messianic complex that you, you believe if it's, it's up to you to rescue all these people when really you're just a messenger, a midwife, or a tour guide, if you will. Yes. Um, okay. And so I think that's a primary pitfall because spiritual young adulthood, I think, is really a great a great season for people. And you see that with kids who go off to, to college and are really plugging in at their local church and trying to help. Um, it's, it's a beautiful illustration. The, the difference there is they don't have the responsibilities like uh, a, an adult who's on their own does or a parent who has right. their own kids. Right. And so there's a lot of fun and a lot of liberty, um, but it's also not a complete reality. And so I think for young adults, um, one thing, I, I, another pitfall I've seen from you know people who are transitioning out of spiritual childhood to spiritual young adulthood is judgment towards those who are still spiritual child, spiritual children. Right. You right. know, frustration that, why, why don't they get it? Why don't they see? Why are they, why are they upset that the church is growing? Don't they see it's awesome that people are coming to faith? And I don't mind having to walk three blocks to, to get here because there's no parking spots. And I'm glad that our, our community group's multiplying. Why are they so mad about that, right? Or how about this one? I'm reformed. Yeah, that's Why right. aren't everybody else reformed? Right. Why isn't everybody else reformed? Right. You know, isn't that you know, yeah? Yeah. What I've noticed about young people is that they, and, I, and I'm formerly a young person, so I can say this: that's is right. that they tend to be very, very opinionated. That's right. And certainly, there, there are is you know people in the church, and and we, you know, know a lot. There's a phrase that's used: young, restless, and reformed. That crowd who kind of yeah. who can be really you know at at passionate advocates for Reformed theology. Would you put them maybe in the category of, of uh, young adults in, in many cases where they can sometimes hurt people with the way that they express their views or give their opinions? Oh, absolutely. I mean, spiritual children who become spiritual young adults, it's not a very clear distinctive sometimes. And like I said, no matter what stage you are spiritually developing, there's still opportunities to... Uh, to downgrade, if you will, at times mm -hmm, in our behavior mm -hmm. and to act childish or even sometimes like a baby. But um, I think ultimately, you know, a, a young adult is, is really uh, on their best, um, on the best qualities, really passionate about Jesus, on fire for Jesus, yeah. excited about the yeah. things of Jesus, and they can't comprehend why not everybody else is, right? And so that's where you're kind of like, hey, yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah, it, yeah. I, I get it, but... Remember, you haven't always been this way. And so one thing I found helpful with, with spiritual young adults is uh, invite them to reflect upon their own history. Hey, was there a time in your faith journey that, no, I've always been thrilled, right? There are some people <laughs> who've come to faith radically saved and, you know, and so they're on a little bit different trajectory. It's a bit more like a rocket ship that, um, or like in the Apostle Paul who was highly educated already and then came to faith. But, um, you know, ultimately it's, it's just reminding them of their own story yeah. uh, helps them slow down a bit of like, hey, how would you have responded two years ago? Um, as a spiritual child, if someone said the exact same thing you're trying to say now, well, probably not very well. Right. So, and that's a spiritual parent helping a spiritual young adult grow right. in maturity as well. So, one of the things that seemed clear to me as you were describing how to help those who are spiritual children become spiritual young adults was that there was a lot of, it seemed to me, coaching, one-on-one, yeah. uh, -on -one probably discipleship yeah. that goes on at that level. How have you seen that done well? Uh, what are some tools, I guess, maybe that if we know some spiritual children that we want to try to bring into spiritual young adulthood, what, what are some ways you think that can be done well? I think one thing you can do, I, I know there's a few assessments online to help um, 
to help believers kind of identify their spiritual gifts. Um, but, but as they identify it, um, lead them to try and serving in other places. I think one thing that we can continually improve on even in our church is as people are serving in different places, give them feedback for reflection. You know, let them say, hey, you know, I notice you're here faithfully once a month on the road crew, setting up and tearing down. You know, what, what are some challenges you face with this? Well, man, it's early or... Yeah, I sure love the breakfast tacos, you know, Um, but coming back and saying, well, hey, I just want to remind you that this is an act of worship because you're preparing an environment for people to meet with Jesus. And we're so grateful for your service, right? Casting that little vision of debriefing because, you know, Jesus would do that. Send them out to do ministry, bring them back and do debriefing, right? Uh, About ministry and uh, help them uh, with, uh, you know, make sure they're in some healthier uh, ongoing relationships that provide accountability uh, and encouragement. Um, and you know, help them also establish boundaries. Like, hey, um, if people don't appreciate your no, they'll never really value your yes. Yeah. Uh, I took that from he- Henry Cloud and um, Townsend, and the other guy's name is Townsend in their books, Boundaries, but if they don't appreciate your no, they'll never appreciate your yes. But help young adults know that you can be godly and say no, and you can be godly and need rest. Um, and so helping them determine those boundaries, but also encouraging them to serve and to, um, to really see the Lord working in them and through them and then help them fine tune their skills. You know, if a young man wants to preach or teach, um, you know, we'll, we'll say, Hey, well, great. You know, one thing we've talked about, right. Is doing kind of American idol thing that they come to the elders and they do, they, they do a preach off. They give a 10, 15 right. minute That's type right. thing and, uh, you know, give a sermon and get some feedback and grow and, uh, you know, and so I think give people an opportunity. But, but Can we hand out golden tickets? That's right. We'll hand out golden tickets, right? Good for you. You've just joined the road crew, all right? <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I tell guys all the time, if you want to plant a church, join the road crew, um, and then see if that's still something you desire exactly. after about a year. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, man. So that, 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 those are a couple of things that come to mind and that, that Putman talks about in his book. So have you had any great disciplers who have kind of modeled that for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, my pastor Chuck Land in Brenna, or in, in Sugarland, he's at Crossbridge Church. Chuck was great um, at, you know, he'd always push me and say, hey, when are you going to plant a church? When are you going to plant a church? You know, and I was like, I don't want to. I'm traveling and speaking. You know, I, you know, but he, he would identify areas of my life. He'd give me opportunities to preach. He'd then debrief with me. Um, he'd give me opportunities to serve, uh, give me books to read. Um, Justin Hyde, who's our pastor in Brenham, did a great job as well. Just kind of helped me think through my strengths. And, you know, I used to be embarrassed by my weaknesses and therefore I would minimize my strengths. Um, and, and, you know, he helped me to really uh, mature in the fact that, you know, I don't, I don't have to be great at everything. I need to be faithful to what I've been gifted in right. and then find a team around me to help, you know, offset some of those weak, weaker parts. Um, and, and so he's done it well. And then, you know, I, I, there's just been a mentor of my name I mentioned on here before named Rod Brace. And he, you know, he would just faithfully walk and, kindly challenge things and encourage along the way. So there've been many guys along the way, my friend, Joey Dotson, who he, he was like, and he still is like a rabbinical. He's a professor now uh, at Watchtop Baptist, currently at Watchtop Baptist in Arkansas. But he would like take me with him to youth camps when I wanted to speak at youth camps. And I'd wake up in the middle, in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. with him singing songs because he was working on his master's at the time. Hmm. And like he'd be singing hymns and like he's like, oh, sorry, I was just, just getting heated up in the spirit. Because I'd wake up and like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm about to work on my, on my, my, my paper that's due. And so he'd wake up at 3 and write for a couple hours, sleep a little longer, and then we'd go have breakfast with the campers. And him spending that time with me. And we have stories that still go back to... Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've had men along the way that have really invested. And one thing I, I realized looking back is like, none of them ever sit down and say, I'm going to disciple you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. this is now our discipleship meal. Hey, we're having, right, in hindsight, I see how much they were 
but it was so organic and, and just they were intentional and i was intentional i was always a guy like hey we haven't met in a while can we meet you know and i just assumed they wanted to meet with me you know and so yeah. uh, we'd get together and you know and sometimes i'd write them questions ahead of time so they could kind of prepare for our meeting but even now i sit with older men uh, as mentors and uh try to see that even though i i guess as a pastor i fall more in the spiritual parent element there's still areas for growth for me um that that i need development and so i still seek counsel from uh, older men in the faith as well. You know, as I'm sitting here listening to this, so much of this is is giving a young guy some reps, yeah. a spiritually young guy That's some right. reps, you know, giving them some opportunities to share the gospel, giving them some opportunities to preach or giving, to, to lead, to do whatever, to use their giftings in a way that serves the kingdom. Right. And as I think about that, you know, because so, some people are going to be listening to this and saying, you know, I'm not a mentor. Right. You know, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a mature guy or a mature woman in the faith. I myself need to be mentored. I myself need to be uh, to be helped in that way. But, you know, everybody, I think, can help a spiritually young adult by just being open to giving them reps. Yep. I remember when I, before I became a pastor, um, you know, it was probably pretty close to before becoming a pastor. I remember we were on uh, vacation with some friends, and we happened to be over a Sunday. And I remember my friends just, you know, the night before or Saturday night saying, hey, why don't we have a service the next morning? And Brent, why don't you give a message. And I remember, you know, taking that opportunity and I prepared and I got ready and I woke up the next morning and we had a little, you know, a little service there. And I was honored that they allowed me to speak into their lives a little bit and to share something, you know, from scripture and and to talk about it a little bit. And that was very meaningful to me. Uh, And, you know, I think everybody out there probably knows somebody that they know is passionate about ministry, passionate about the gospel. Invite their Invite them to speak something to you. Invite them to share something with you uh, from the Bible. How was the offering that morning? Uh, that's that's what we got to ask. <laughs> we didn't get it. I know we some of those guys. Any. Yeah, so I'm still waiting for that. That's right. They said the check was compounding in the interest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, yeah. but uh, I think all of us can. You know, when we know people who are passionate about something, invite them to share it with us and explain yeah. it to us and give them the reps. Uh, you'll learn something, um, and uh, you'll give them the opportunity to explain something to you, and that can only be beneficial to them and encouraging to them at the same time. I think a lot of people out there have things that they want to say, but they don't feel like they have any kind of audience or any kind of opportunity. And I think we can all do a better job of of inviting people to speak to us and remind us of the gospel that can only be helpful to everybody involved well and even people who maybe have a gift with kids or a gift serving like you know i know some 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 ladies in our church who just have a profound gift with um organizing or teaching kids or you know encouraging people or have a heart to do counseling or whatever it's like uh part of that you know the ways of a man's heart is like deep waters and a man of understanding draws it out right that's a spiritual parents yeah. of proverbs 20 verse 5 and and seeing those things saying great what's the next step to help you do that or hey i found this resource i thought this might be interesting to you or hey i really see how that could be beneficial or but also i think with a spiritual young adult they need to have someone in their life that says hey you know i know you really want to lead worship um, but unless a miracle happens, uh, you might want to get more involved in, in either playing a supplemental instrumentation or running slides. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and so, I mean, it's, it's both and. I, I think in the church, we sometimes want to just, like, automatically tell people they're amazing um, without, you know, and, and hence we've been to church services at other places that are a nightmare because they let everybody on stage. I remember I was at a church recently, a couple years ago, and they had 15 people on this small stage. Like, if you played a tambourine, a nose whistle, uh, I mean, whatever, dude, you were on that stage because they wanted no one left out. And so I think, you know, that's more of a spiritual, childish way of leading right. as opposed to. Right. Um, but I think there's you give people reps, you let people make mistakes. I mean, Gatlin Elms, our worship leader, brought him on when he was like 
10. I don't know. I'm kidding. He's like in his early twenties, <laughs> but you know, it's just, you know, part of that is development because we want to be a church planning church, a disciple making church, a developing church. We want to give people opportunities to share their gifts, to expand them and to be equipped for the work of ministry. Um, and so that they can mature into the fullness of, of what Jesus has saved yeah. them to become. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about this on, uh, before we get came on the air that, you know, I think we're hoping and praying that people are maturing enough to become young adults yeah. in our church, that they want the reps, that they want to be involved, that they want to step up and serve, that they want those things, that they're increasingly beginning to have an awareness of all the things that God has for them and can do through them. Um, and so, we're, you know, that, that's a challenge to, I think, our church is to, is to you know, have that desire in you, you know. Um, and, and that desire comes from as you sit and ponder not only the depth of your sin, but also the depth of the grace of our King absolutely. Jesus. His life, his sacrificial death, his powerful resurrection, his future coming return, we can sit there in gratitude and mature and grow and get to that place of gratitude that says, he's given everything, what can I give back in return? How exactly. can I give what he's given me? And we're, so, we're starting to see that here at Christ Community Church. We've had some new believers, so they're naturally infants or children, and we love them. Uh, we've had people who've just been given permission at other churches to come and consume and be kids um, that are starting to grow up. But, but as I said off air, and I believe it full heartedly, as our church, Lord willing, continues to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, that we will begin to have a tidal wave effect in this area, seeing lives transformed by the power of the gospel. Because after all, we exist to glorify God by making followers of Jesus Christ who are growing and multiplying. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Gospel Matters, and we'll see you next week, or talk to you next week, as we talk about spiritual parenthood, uh, the last stage in, in this uh, development model that we're looking at. So join us next time.